0: Hello friends, it's been a while, but let's get straight into chapter 8, the day of petition. Selfish, vain, and cruel. Selfish, vain, and cruel. The words echoed in the king's head as he pulled on his silk nightcap. It couldn't be true, could it? It took Fred a long time to fall asleep, and when he woke in the morning, he felt, if anything, worse. He decided he wanted to do something kind and the first thing that occurred to him was a re reward beamish's son who defended him against a nasty little girl so he took a small medallion that usually hung around the neck of his favorite hunting dog sorry everyone um asked a maid to thread a ribbon through it and summon the beamishes to the palace Bert, whom his mother had pulled out of class and hurried, dressed in a blue velvet suit, was struck speechless in the presence of the king, which Fred enjoyed, and he spent several minutes speaking kindly to the boy, while Major and Mrs. Beamish nearly bust with pride in their son. Finally, Bert returned to school with his little golden medal around his neck, and was made much in his biggest boy. Oh, sorry. Much in the playground that afternoon by Roger Roach, who was usually his biggest bully. Daisy said nothing, nothing at all. And when Burke caught her, her eye, he felt hot and uncomfortable, and shoved the medal out of sight beneath his shirt. The king, meanwhile, still. The king, sorry. The king, meanwhile, still wasn't entirely happy. Uneasy. Uneasy. An uneasy feeling stayed with him, like an indigestion, and again he found it hard to sleep at night. When he woke the next day he remembered that it was the day of petition. The day of petition was a special day held once a year when the subjects of cornucopia were permitted an audience within the king naturally these people carefully screened by Fred's advisors before they were allowed to see him Fred never dealt with the big problems he saw people whose troubles could be solved with a few gold coins and a few kind words a farmer with a broken plough for instance or an old lady whose cat died Fred had been looking forward to the day of petition, it was a chance to dress up in his fancy clothes, and he found it so touching to see how much he meant to ordinary people of cornucopia. Fred's dresses were waiting for him after breakfast with the new outfit he'd requested just the previous month white satin pantaloons and a matching doublet with gold and pearl buttons. A cloak edged with ermine, and lined and lined in the scarlet, and white satin shoes with gold and pearl buckles. His valet was waiting with golden tongs ready to curl his mustache, and a page boy stood ready with a number of jeweled rings on a velvet cushion waiting for Fred to make his selection. Take it all away. I don't want it, said King Fred crossly, waving an outfit. Waving at the out waving at the outfit the dressers were holding up for his approval. The dressers froze. They weren't sure they'd heard it correctly. King Fred had taken an immense interest in the progress of the costume, and had requested an addition of the scarlet lining and fancy buckles himself. I said, take it away, he snapped when nobody moved. Fetch me something plain. Fetch me the suit I wore to my father's funeral. Is is your majesty feeling quite well? inquired his fellow. Is as the astonished as dresses bowed, Dresses bowed and hurried away with the white suit and returned in double quick time with a black one. Of course I'm well," snapped Fred, "but I'm a man, not following a popinier. He shrugged on the black suit, which was the plainest he though still rather, though still rather splendid, having silver edging to the cuffs and the collar and the onks and the diamond buttons. To the astonishment of the valet, who per- permitted the man to curl only the very ends of his moustaches. Before dismissing both him and the page boy bearing off bearing the cushion full of rings, the thought Fred, examining himself in the mirror, how can I be called a babe? Black definitely isn't one of my best colours so unusually speedy had fred been in cut dr- in getting dressed the lord spittleworth who was making one of fred's servants dig earwax out of his ears and lord flapoon who was guzzling a plate of the duke's delights which he'd ordered from the kitchen were caught by surprise and came running out of their bedrooms pulling on their waistcoats hoping they hopping as they put on their boots Hurry up, you lazy! Ch- hurry up, you lazy chaps! Called King Fred, as the two lords chased him down the corridor. There are people waiting for my help. And would a selfish king? And would a selfish king hurry to meet simple people who wanted favours from him? Thought Fred. No, he wouldn't. Fred's visors were shocked to see him on time. And plainly dressed for Fred, indeed, Herringbone, the chief advisor, wore an approving smile as he bowed. Your Majesty is early, he said. The people will be delighted. They've been queuing since dawn. Show them in, Herringbone, said the king, settling him on his throne, and gesturing to Spitalworth's flat food. I'm yawning so much, everyone. I worry. on his throne, gesturing to worth and Flappoon to take seats on either side of him. The doors were opened and one by one the petitions entered. Red subjects often became tongue-tied when they found themselves face to face with the real live king whose pictures hung in their town. halls. pictures in town halls. Some began to giggle or, or forgot what they'd come for, and once or twice people fainted. Fred was particularly gracious today, and each petition ended with the king hap- handing out a couple of gold coins or a, bl- or a blessing, a babe- or blessing a baby, or allowing an old woman to kiss his hand. Today, though, he smiled and handed out gold coins and p- promises. The word of the daisy dovetail kept echoing in his head. Selfish. Rule. he wanted to do something special to prove what a wonderful man he was to show that he was ready to sacrifice himself for others every king of cornucopia had handed out golden coins sorry ended out golden coins and trifling favors on the day of petition Fred wanted to do something so splendid that it would that it would ring down the ages. And you didn't get into the history books by replacing a fruit farmer's favourite hat. The two lords on either side of Fred were becoming bored. They'd much rather left to lull, lull in their bedroom until lunchtime than sit here listening to peasants talking about their petty troubles. After seven hours, the last petitioner passed gracefully out of the throne room. And Th- Flapoon, whose stomach, who had been Rumbling for nearly an hour, heaved himself out of the chair and sighed re- re- of relief. Let's go, boomed Flappoon. But just as the guards were attempting to close the door, and a curfew was heard and the doors flew open once more. That is the eighth chapter of the Ichabog. I'm sorry I kept yawning today um uh, it's just a bit tiring because i've had a full day tomorrow i will try to do it uh, earlier on in the day so it's not so late for me right now filming this so or recording this so i can do my best audio but thank you for listening to chapter eight of the ichabog